Listener Production. Hi, and welcome to That's Enough Already with me, Ursula Carlson, and with one of my all-time favourites, Sarah Milliken, this week. Now, Sarah Milliken and I have a lot in common. We're both female. We're both comedians. Uh, we're both touring in other countries in the beginning of 2023, which is next year. I know. Can you believe this is how far we've come? So she'll be in New Zealand and Australia. I'll be in the UK and Ireland. And we have this weird sliding door situation going where we both overpack under, underwear when we go on tour. We both love a snack, pre-gig, post-gig, potentially during the gig. I'm not opposed to it. When she travels here and I travel there, it's, it's going to be one of those tree in the forest situations. Did we ever leave? You know, if we sort of replace each other. I laughed so much during this. I had a sore stomach. I think that's where muscles go. Enjoy the show. That's quite enough. Just Just shut your mouth. I don't give a stuff. Shush, please. Uh Yes, I can hear. But I don't care. That's enough already. Shut up. Oh, shush. All right, Sarah Millick, and just off the back of a show, where did you perform? In Manchester at the Apollo, and oh. it's oh, it's it's not even that warm here, but it's oh, venues are so warm, and I try to do the top of my hair so it looks nice because I know underneath is just going to get wet. <laughs> it's a mess. Do you have curly or straight hair? It's well, it, I can do both. Mm. <laughs> top it. I didn't know you were bi follicle. <laughs> I like talking about pubic hair on stage because the amount of women that are like, yay, we've also got pubes. Yeah. You know what? As as a woman dating other women, I am alarmed at how few times I see it now. I'm like, where's the where's the pubes? Like I I'm gonna need Is it pubes. is it an, a generational thing? Is it an age thing? What do you think it is? No, it's we've got that. Like I thought women my age would just go, can't be fucked, work your way through it. Yeah, exactly. And also, like, the difference uh, as a woman who dates men, I don't want to see it just, like, ta-da. I like the sort of, oh, and this, you know, I just I feel like it's a, it's, I don't know, I feel like it's a, too exposing. Yeah. And to just say junk, somebody's junk, yeah. I like to be like, I wonder what's in there. Yeah, it's like, it's the difference between getting, like, someone buys you a gift, right? For your birthday. You're happy about the <laughs> gift, but you know what's nice too is if you wrap it. But if you just rock up at someone's house and go, I got you this Nutribullet, like I can see it's a Nutribullet. <laughs> and Whereas it's not even in the box. It. Like they've already taken it out of the box as well. Yeah. They've thrown the guarantee away. They've taken the little plastic thing off the plug. It looks like they've used it and I yeah. don't want to know. I sometimes feel that if I took everything off, it would look like, do you remember the bit in E.T. when... Yeah. Um, when he's not very well, he's lying in the water oh, no. and he looks like a frozen chicken. Yes. I think that's what my skin looks like <laughs> underneath there. <laughs> and I'm never going to find out. No. Maybe when I'm old and it's all fallen out and then I'll be like, oh, now I see why people like this because it was yeah. easier. But that's only because cause nature's gone. No more hair for you. <laughs> and you know what I've discovered? The longer I'm sort of, you know, I do show, the more, and you'll you'll know the same, the more you do shows, people then slide into your DMs with, like if you say anything medical on stage, people will send you a thing and go, look, I'm an emergency room doctor, and then they will tell you a horrific story. So what I've learned since becoming a comedian is there's absolutely nothing in life that is confidential. Nothing. Oh, no, no, no. no. I've had therapists go, look, I'm not going to tell you the name of this person, but. And then just tell me the whole thing. And I'm like, people have some horrific shit going on that I will never 
get close to understanding. But also, I don't think I could be a doctor because I would be like, never guess what I saw today. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. I'm not <laughs> discreet enough. I think yeah. that would be in medical school before you even bother learning anatomy yeah. or anything like that. They should pull you aside, tell you a story, a, a secret and see how far it goes. And then you're like, <laughs> you can't be a doctor or a nurse because you've just told him about his yeah. bollock. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I would fail miserably. People would come to, I'd be a brilliant doctor like, like, I'd be, say, you know, a neurosurgeon, whatever. And people go, look, you should go see her. She she will discuss your, your case with absolutely fucking everyone, but she'll kill you. <laughs> but you will never have privacy ever again. Not ever again. People will be able to recognise your face. <laughs> be like, yeah, oh, yeah. that's him, that's her, that's you. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. no I think, and if I am a doctor, I want to be an emergency room doctor because um, I want to know, so how exactly did the eel get up your asshole? Because like, <laughs> I didn't know there was a thing. But in New Zealand a few years ago, um, people at the emergency room, as you would expect, leaked these x-rays of a man who had an eel, a live eel up his bum. And I'm was like... It had, was it head first or had it like reversed in? <laughs> no, it was head first. And then, you know what the guy said? It's to cure constipation. Because <laughs> of course you can't go with the old apple I sat on the fruit bowl If I was a doctor and you were a doctor And we'd be sitting in, in our office going Okay, we've got a patient that's severely constipated The, the shit is so compacted in there There's not room for an absolute ant in there Let's ram a two-foot eel <laughs> That is non-consensual like it doesn't yeah. know what it's going into it Even doesn't want to be go, look I love cram spices but this is too much this is too <laughs> and much. I love poo but <laughs> not today yeah. I've been up too many bum holes today you're not supposed to work me this hard I've done an yeah. eight hour shift <laughs> yeah have you checked my my ledger I'm supposed to have a line down at this <laughs> You're going to have to bring one of the other eels in off the night shift. Yeah, get a lady eel for this job. This is, well, this is like a done. job for Gary the done. eel. He loves this kind of shit. <laughs> oh, oh, my, my husband's God. called Gary. And I'm just going to think of Gary the eel. <laughs> this could be a new door that you're knocking on. <laughs> Your husband's a comedian, right? So you did the thing that I, I tell everyone, like, don't date comedians or don't, like, even if they show any interest in me, I go, you don't want to date a comedian. We're fucking crazy. Like, our sense of humor, <laughs> I think people struggle mm. with, uh, and like, my ex-wife used to go, I've got the 80-20 thing going. Like, in a push, like, if it's a serious conversation, I can be 80% just a normal human being and just have a conversation with you. But then yeah. 20% has to be comedian bullshit where I try and make a joke out of it or I try and find yeah. the funny. And sometimes, like, I'm busting to get it out. doesn't matter how serious <laughs> the situation is and she can see and I'll just get that death look that <laughs> don't fucking do it. And then I do it and she's like, I knew you were going to do it. And then we <laughs> have an argument about it and I'm like, you can't at the core change who I am. I don't know how people go out with somebody who just like a nine to five. Yeah. Because I just don't think you, maybe that's why it works because you don't yeah. see each other. <laughs> maybe that's why it works. No, but I think that's a big, big part of it for me too, is having someone who just has a normal life. And then you come in or even just like you're off the back of a show now, you don't just simply come home and go have a shower and go to bed. 
Oh, There's no. a whole rigmarole and the light eating and the weird eating. Because also, like when people go, yeah, the amount of DMs that I get when people go, why don't you stop eating pies or stop eating? And I'm like, you know, I've thought about it. Um, but at, the, uh, at night. You've gone further than I have because I haven't even thought about it. <laughs> no, but, I mean, I've given it a fleeting thought. But at night, after a show, when you need to eat, because do you eat before a show? Um, yes. So we get to a venue uh, fairly early and we eat before the show. Um, oh. I used to be, you know, when you first started stand-up, uh, I couldn't eat for about six or seven hours before a show. And yeah. now I can be chick- picking chicken out of my teeth as they <laughs> announce my name. Uh, uh, and we're there, yeah. But I can still eat afterwards. And I feel like the eating before is functional eating and the eating after is well done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a celebratory it's meal. Often, it's often chips yeah. <laughs> because Yeah, well because done. no health shops, no healthy places are open. No, but let's not say to people that we want them to be open. No, <laughs> no. I, mean, I like having the, oh, no, look, there's no, I'm going to have to have a McDonald's. Oh, no, what a shame. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's chips and gravy again. <laughs> a friend of mine had said to me, you should eat more healthily on the road. And I was like, oh, fuck off. And she said, you should take a, a slow cooker for in the hotel room. And I was like, what? Like, I'm just casually chopping garlic and onions in a hotel room and then putting some kind of lamb casserole on for when I get back in. No, it's not. it doesn't work. It's not, it's how, not it how people works. live. No. And also, people think you just trans- teleport into a room. At the end of the day, because I've travelled over time zones and everything, I've done a 20-hour day. Yeah, I'm not totally. fucking eating a Caesar salad with no dressing. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's the saddest thing in the world. It's any kind of salad with no dressing. Yeah. It's not even edible without dressing. You deserve some chips or a burger or a pizza, anything like that. And gravy. Everything and a half a cup of gravy. <laughs> half a cup of gravy. Just knock it back like a shot. <laughs> oh no, you've never just scooted that gravy into your mouth with a chip at the end of the night. Oh, yeah, I'm never going to, I never, you never leave gravy, do you? No. I don't think anybody's ever left gravy. I wouldn't trust somebody if I saw they'd left some gravy. I'd be like, mm, no, not going to be no, my friend It's anymore. like someone who underpacks, only travels with a little suitcase. You're oh, like, what no. the fuck is like, that? There are people who only travel with a carry-on. And I'm like, uh, why don't you need more liquids? What is the matter with you? Yeah. I've always been the person who takes spare knickers in case I fall in a lake. Or I don't know. Why this, I'm not even anywhere near a lake, but I'm like, you never know. I don't trust someone who goes, oh, I'm just going to go. I'm like, you're obviously going to stink on day two. Like, there's no way. Oh, yeah. Especially in airports. Airports do something weird to my bras. Like, they just smell like, like if I knock a boob, it smells like somebody's having a barbecue after a couple of days <laughs> if I've been in airports. There's too much meat happening over this end. And like a clean bra, I'll have an airport bra and then I'll have yeah. a, um, now I've arrived bra. <laughs> yeah. I oh, know. I, even if it's like, say, a 12 hour flight, I take spare knickers and then I, like, you take your old pair that you go, I need to throw these away. And then you forget. And every time you do the washing, you just pack them away again. And then oh, no. when I go, when I go on a long haul flight, I always take those knickers and I wear them and then Halfway through the flight, I'll go freshen up. Then I throw those knickers away in the bin in the bathroom uh, on the plane. But one day we're flying from Johannesburg to Singapore or something, and um, the couple next to me had been on honeymoon in Cape Town, and she lost her wedding ring. Now I'd already oh, done no, my freshen no. up. I'd already done my freshen up. So we're sitting right in the front. So the air hostess goes, "I'll go get." They check the the floor, they check the seats. Yes. 
And then they go and get the bag out of the bin in the bathroom that only we have been using, you know, and they unpack it. (laughs) And there's my knickers. I've never been so thankful for people wearing, she was wearing those thick blue gloves, the the rubber gloves. rightly so. And everyone just kind of, everyone knew it was my knickers. Like there was no way (laughs) this size sitting next to me <laughs> like when they peeled up the nose knickers the woman's arms were completely stretched out <laughs> anyway so I've never flown with British Airways again <laughs> are you barred? I think I'm on a list <laughs> you just know I was part of their Christmas party story like they would all have the Christmas party lunch and they go Cheryl, tell us a story about the knickers and business again. <laughs> business knickers. That's what you should, your nickname should be business knickers. <laughs> I'm always going to refer to you now as business knickers. <laughs> we might edit this out then. <laughs> oh my God. I have so many knickers. Like, it's insane. And then uh, it's like I have this. When I travel, I can easily, okay, so I go to Melbourne for a month, that's 50 pairs of knickers and 10 bras. And then I go, um, and of course I do washing along the way. I'm in an Airbnb. It's not like, you know, they're withholding water from me. You don't throw them all out on aeroplanes, though. That's good. (laughs) (laughs) You do Not anymore, I tell it. (laughs) (laughs) Now I flush them. Much better. <laughs> Much better. I always, like, where does it go when you flush stuff on it? You know it goes out. Like, it's going to land on someone's house. You might be killing people with those pots. No, no, I might be solving a housing crisis somewhere in Antarctica. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, we're not building the igloo today. We've got one of those holy tents again. <laughs> Business niggas has been on board again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, that's so funny. Oh, God okay, bless you. I've, I've got some actual things that I've Oh, yeah, down. ask questions. <laughs> you just, um, you just, you did Taskmaster. How was that? Yes, and you've done it as well. It's so exciting. They've only just announced it. Uh, so I've had to keep it secret. And then um, uh, at the end of my show, I got a signal from my tour manager that it had been announced on Twitter and I got to tell the audience, which was great. Amazing. You know what? I learned so much about myself. Like when the tasks came around, like it was kind of weird because you, you're by yourself. There's no feedback. There's no audience. So it's a really bizarre you know, yeah. especially for a comic who's used to getting feedback, it's kind of weird going, am I doing this right? But that was literally just the first day. And then I was like, uh, everything I'm doing is great. Like I'm nailing all of these tasks. So as soon as they played the first task on the big screen, <laughs> I was the first one, which I now know the worst one goes first, right? <laughs> so they play mine or, or sort of they mix it up. But but they play mine and I'm like, yeah, nailed that. Looked at the audience and I'm like, everyone should be on board with this and the other contestants should be petrified. And then when they play theirs, I was like, oh, fuck. I am so out of my depth here. Um, I didn't even consider any of the shit that they did. I think that's part of the joy of it yes. because I think I have a habit of if I was sitting beside somebody doing it, I'd be having a little look to see, am I doing it right? Are they doing it the same as me? or am I? Yeah. Doing it? Whereas actually having to do things relying only on your brain 
I really yeah. enjoyed because you're yeah. much more likely to be more creative or more silly or all the fun things. Did you do anything really weird? At one point, I walked into a fence for ages. A bit like, you know, like those hoovers that go along the floor, oh, the yeah. rumbers. <laughs> yeah. And I just kept doing this against a fence. And I just, because I was blindfolded yeah. and they cut it out. And I was so glad they cut it out. I mean, it's probably going to end up in some horrific outtake compilation. Yeah, it'll be somewhere. I never trust yeah. anything. You know, even if it doesn't um, come out at all now, one day when you die, because sometimes, I don't know if you're the same, sometimes I, I do stuff on tally or when people make a gif out of it, I'm like, that'll be part of the compilation one day when I die. <laughs> <laughs> they going to oh, play no. that. Oh, no. <laughs> I never thought about that. About when I, oh, no. Yeah. Now, every oh. time when I when I pull a face or when I see myself on tally, because they never go for just the normal you talking. No, it's always the... <laughs> Big emotions, big laughter, big cry, big... <laughs> those are the things that they all, you know, you repeatedly banging into a fence go, yeah, she made mistakes <laughs> in her career. But Sarah always bounced back again <laughs> and again and again. <laughs> <laughs> and again and again and again. She wouldn't let oh. anything hold her back. <laughs> She sometimes wasn't sure which direction she was going in. Like always <laughs> gave it a go. <laughs> oh, I can't. I never even thought of what a compilation would be. I always already think about. Do you ever think about what will happen to your notebooks when you've died? Do you? I feel like I might have. If I retire, I might have a big bonfire with all my notebooks. Mine is literally. Here's a note here. It's on a um, magazine ripout <laughs> and there's some notes written on that. It's just everywhere. People will come in here and go, this is the work of a mad woman. <laughs> like the bit in Seven when they go through all of his diaries and they're all uh, it, the serial killer and they're all tiny handwriting and you think, my yeah. notebooks look a bit like that. Oh, that's worrying. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly, in my uh, previous office, I painted the one wall, a blackboard paint, and then oh, there was just all these sad. chalk, uh, you know, like if I do a one-hour show, I split it in four and I do four 15-minute shows. Right. And it's all just scribbles, but some of it's like reindeer spoof. And on this side, it's like, you know, the <laughs> amazing great pube. And it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> Business knickers. Yeah. <laughs> Let me just ask you because when I do when I do travel, I always make sure I I have a, a you know one of those bar of soaps, those old bricks of sunlight in my bag because I do wash my own knickers if I can't get to a washing machine. Do you do that? Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll take no, it to that. because we we I just. Well, we, I don't really go away for, I go away for like five oh. nights and then I go home. One of the times on the last time I was in Australia, <laughs> I took um, my friend Sally, who is one of my support acts, Sally Ann Hayward, very funny yeah. woman, very slim woman. And yeah. we decided to wash all of our pants and then it was very easy to work out whose were whose <laughs> when we got them out. Yeah. And we hung them around. Yeah. And when I came down one morning, we were staying in this, it was weird because it was like two, it was like a, an apartment, but it was on two levels. And I came down the stairs and her knickers were all the way along the railing down the stairs like bunting, all the way along, beautiful, yeah. like bunting. And I just had one pair across the front of the massive widescreen telly. <laughs> <laughs> Took mine a lot longer to dry than hers. To be fair, if there was suddenly a cold snap, 
You know, she'd be snuggling under your knickers with you and not under hers. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, she... Yeah. yeah, she could have used them as a duvet. Because, <laughs> you. you know, there's always in the hotel one curtain that cannot close properly. We did a show in uh, Iceland and there was hardly any nighttime. It was almost all daylight and the curtains were terrible in the hotel. And I thought, surely somewhere where there's hardly any nighttime has better curtains yeah. than this. So that's a really good tip, gaffer tape. <laughs> yeah, gaffer tape and cup of soup. I mean, you're starting your tour in Dunedin. I'm telling you right now, get some cup of soup because what's open really late at night in Dunedin, you don't want. There was, I think it was one of the times we went to Auckland right at the beginning of the tour and it was, uh, there was a place called Big Gary's and uh, they said, oh, that's the closest place that's open. And we go along and I look at the menu and it's all burgers, obviously, but some of them had locusts in them. And I was like, where on earth have we come? I was terrified because I ordered one instead of lettuce and tomato. It had animals in it, like <laughs> bugs and things. And But I did get my husband a T-shirt that said Big Gary's and he was thrilled. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I bet he was. Hey, um, let me ask you. So yeah. in this podcast, we discuss what shits us to absolute death. You know, what about other people irritates you to a point where you go, I could do jail time for sorting this out. I don't really like people who read a lot because I think they try to make the rest of us feel shit. Yeah. Don't ask me. <laughs> also, don't put me on the spot. What are you reading at the moment? Ah, the Bible. Like, I panic. Twitter. <laughs> I'm reading Twitter. I'm reading nice messages about me on Twitter. That's all I'm reading. Like, I, I, I've, always, I've always got my bookmark in a book, but it might have been there for years. Yeah. And it's so I don't, I don't like people who don't think audiobooks account yeah. because they do because I'm in the car and I'm still listening all the words yeah. are still going in and I don't like people who give you books because I this is mad but I think when people give me a book it's like they're saying hey you've got loads of time yeah <laughs> why didn't you read this I haven't got loads of time bugger off also I can't sit down and put all of the thoughts that I want into your head but here's 60,000 words that I want to slam into your brain <laughs> right now that's offensive <laughs> It really is. And I think when people say they read loads, they what they're saying is I'm cleverer than you, which what I think it means is I don't work so much. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But they always go, you should prioritise yourself. Yeah, I do. But I don't have time for that shit. I've got other stuff to do. Honestly, if I have five minutes, I should probably dust and not fucking read a book. <laughs> I also don't like it when people buy me plants. Yeah. Two two tours in a row, people have bought me um, have a good tour plants. What is the matter with you? Yeah. I'm away for weeks at a time. I'm going to be away and then I'm going to come back and wash my pants and then I'm going to go away yeah. again. And you want me to also keep a plant alive yeah. in that time? No. no. And I just I put the plants in the bin. I threw away my... Um, <laughs> my pandemic succulent the other day and it felt great. Yeah. I put it straight in the bin. I bought this thing and I was like, oh, nice to have a live thing in the house, you know, a little plant on my windowsill. And the other day I thought, no, nope, too busy, too working, straight in the bin. Threw away my pandemic succulent and I've never felt more alive. <laughs> a friend of mine for my 40th, so seven years ago, bought me a fern and she said, oh, my mum said you can't kill a fern. I've killed it. Yeah. <laughs> Did you send her a card back? Go, your mum's fucking wrong. 
<laughs> Tell you, ma'am, I exceeded all expectations <laughs> and I killed the phone. Yeah. Without, just by ignoring it. It was very easy. I didn't even actively do anything. I just ignored it. Yeah. The other day, I said to my friend, make me drink some water today because it's like I'm pissing foot. <laughs> right. It was so thick. And I, am I expected to keep a blood to yeah. I can barely keep myself watered. <laughs> 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 I feel that one so deep in my soul. I can't even fucking tell you. <laughs> oh my god! All right, what about you? Shit you to death. What about you that you go fuck me? I'm always a little bit late, and I think it's disrespectful. But I don't care enough to change it. <laughs> I used to have a theory that it was because I have kind of social anxiety. I don't really like waiting for people because then people come up and they might recognize me and then I have to have a weird conversation. But it's not even just that. It's everything. I'm a little bit late for everything. Not massively, but a little bit late for everything to the point where my friends will tell me a different time we're meeting. Yeah. So they lie to me so that I get there about the same time as yeah. them because if they tell the truth, they're all sitting waiting for me. And I don't like that about myself, but I've accepted yeah. it. <laughs> I think I'm 47. Nothing's going to change no. now, really. Sometimes I don't leave the house till the time I'm supposed to meet yeah. somebody. <laughs> and I haven't even left yet. <laughs> and I have to text and go, oh, the traffic's bad. Yeah. <laughs> not even in the yeah, car. Yeah, sometimes I take a photo, an old photo of traffic and go, not sure what's happening. See you as soon as I can. <laughs> An old photo of traffic. Does that mean that now you have to take a photo of traffic for like yeah, five so years you just time? Make, you might need to. Yeah, it. yeah, you just take some photos. You know how now when when you're entering, <laughs> like if you're in the dating world, people have nudes on their phones. Like they'll just send you a nude like this and you go, oh, this was a nude that you just have on your phone. For other people, like, this feels cheap. Like, it's just a file nude. It's not a nude for me. Do they do they put them in folders? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't know any of this stuff. I, I of course. Trimmed, oh, untrimmed. I'm the same age as you, so I don't send nudes because people go, did you mean to send this to your dermatologist? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, I did. <laughs> I would be horrified. I once, and a previous partner wanted me to send a nude and I sent a picture of the crack of my knee with my leg shut so it looked like an arse yeah. crack. And he was, and he got all aroused and I had to go, ah, it's just my knee. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can't do it. I could get somebody to sketch it maybe and send that on because then that might be a more pleasing visual yeah. than an actual photo. Yeah, I, I oh, don't. No. It's, I, just, it's I think just it's too much. And also I worry, I don't really know what the cloud is. I don't know where that's yeah. going. That they, you know, I don't think I can be identified by down there, but I think, oh no. And also there's so much, there's lighting to take into yeah, consideration. Just, I don't, like, also. Like, I've got a ring light to, to do a podcast. I've got a ring light on for audio. Yeah. <laughs> How lit does my fanny have to be before I send a picture of it to a stranger? You need the sun down there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a bit of day, daylight would be much more flattering. You'd have to get yourself all your bits out in the garden. Yeah, with the bees zooming around. <laughs> <laughs> it's a different kind of flower love <laughs> <laughs> two bees just scratching their heads going what the fuck is this 
Where's the stamen? I can't find the stamen. Oh, bloody typical men not being able to find the stamen. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of That's Enough Already, hosted by me, Ursula Carlson, and produced by Natalie Turner. The supervising producer was Nick McClure, and special thanks to Ella Leaf and Big Sutherland. Couldn't do it without you, girls. If you like this podcast, remember to subscribe, share it with all of your friends, tell your mum, tell your sister, don't tell that annoying brother of yours, you know. Definitely share it with a friend.